0: here this weekend. The Lord has my wife and I on assignment and the assignment is to launch you. God told me go to Cambridge and launch them. So whatever demonically, generationally, has had you bridled and fettered and chained. They are coming off this weekend. Some of you like that. Some of you are happy about that. Some of you are like, that's cool. That's cool, huh? Yeah. The Lord is loosing you this weekend. He is releasing you this weekend. And there's going to be defined words to your spirit that are going to not only set you free but launch you that the emphasis is on launching you and so tonight we have to prepare the ground really for tomorrow but tonight is the most important night because tonight is the groundwork tonight is foundational tonight is where we dig very deeply. So you might have to hold on to somebody, you know, that is from your family household or that you are, you know, using your elbow to touch or something. But, but God, is, uh, God has smiled on you and it's, it's a great time to be you. It's a great night to be you. And so this is, this is so, so important. Tomorrow we will go to level two, but this is the most important level. It's, it's, there's no doubt about it. What we do tonight is excavation. What we do tonight is debridement. What we do tonight is absolutely uh, going to be the game changer for this weekend. So if if you're even listening online, if you can be here tomorrow, or however you have to be here, uh, it it will be worth your while. But tonight, I'm telling you, is crucial. So please stay focused. And no matter how scary it seems at times, don't worry, His grace is sufficient for you. Because we're gonna go deep tonight, all right? Five of you said it's all right. We're gonna go deep tonight. Tonight we're going to be a Holy Ghost Roto-Rooter, right? How do you Roto-Rooter, is that the way you say it? I don't even know how to say it. I heard Roto-Rooter. We are going to go uh, with the Word of God and and by His Spirit. And so tomorrow, 10 o'clock, and it's going to be um, explosive as it's going to be tonight too, trust me. Uh, And on Sunday, also continuation. And I know that some of you may go to other other, uh, congregations. Please go to your home church. But listen, somehow, some way, it'll be on face, Facebook, I, I, I assume, YouTube, I assume. I'm sure they can announce where it's going to be. I have no idea, that's not the point. But it'll be somewhere. And, and please So you have to know where you'll be launched. Wouldn't that be nice? Where are you launching me? What does that launching look like? And we're going to talk about that on Sunday. And it really hinges on your intimacy with God. Because the more intimate you are with him, the more he can tell you. So it's gonna be powerful. Tomorrow is going to be just exciting. And uh, who who knows, tomorrow, who knows how long. They said one o'clock, who knows. Okay, so, We may not need Sunday morning after tomorrow, okay? So praise the Lord. You you should have notes, yes? You should have notes. Okay, so we're glad to be with you. As Bishop mentioned, uh, during the pandemic, which is not over yet, right? But last year, or was it this year? Earlier this year, uh, I had COVID. My wife and I both had it, but she was asymptomatic, which is typical of my wife. And so, uh, but but everything she didn't get, I got it. So I had a double dose. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't walk, I couldn't get out of the bed for three weeks, literally my back was just paralyzed. It was a crazy, I, I'd never experienced back pain like that in my life. And, and then I couldn't speak for three weeks. Uh, it was just cutting in my throat, it felt like a knife, a razor was inside my throat, and, uh, but the Lord brought me out and here I am and His grace is sufficient. And. Uh, Bishop, bishops told the pastors yesterday that you know, I was trying to keep in contact with him, but I couldn't speak. <laughs> and, but but he, the couple of times he heard me, uh, especially when my voice had just vanished, uh, he, he said he, he heard death on me. And my wife said she saw death on me. But you know what I told the devil? I told the devil, I said, listen, God won't let me come to heaven yet. So you can't take me. Because I've asked God to take me, and he said no. (laughs) So you certainly aren't taking me. The last time I checked, Jesus is Lord. So you're not going anywhere until Jesus says so. Isn't that great? Isn't that great to know that, that no one can do anything to you? You, you You know what Jesus said? Whoever God puts in my hands... No one can take you out of his hands. He is faithful, is he not? And Paul said he's a keeper. He's a keeper of of all of us. And so we're going to look tonight at the rewards, the blessings of obedience or why obedience is so important to God. Because the Lord told me to tell you very, very, very clearly and pungently, why should he talk to you If you're not gonna obey? Duh. What is the point? See, God's not like us. He doesn't need to hear his voice. God only speaks on purpose. He never wastes words. He never menses words. He is not a man even that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should repent but if he said it what he will do it if he declared it he will bring it to pass so God chooses his words they're intentional they're deliberate they're strategic he never overtalks like some of us and so we want to understand the why is obedience So important to God, because if we can settle this tonight, you'll be ready for tomorrow and ready for Sunday and ready for a new life in God. Is that all right with you? A new life in God. Say, a new life in God. So this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the blessings and the rewards of obedience. But first we have to dig deep and understand what obedience is and what disobedience is. And the best example in scripture is our dear friend, King Saul. So we're gonna look at 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. We're gonna read verses seven through 25 so you can understand the context from which this message was birthed and God speaks to us. We're gonna read from the voice translation. Verse seven says, then Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to shore, east of Egypt. He cut down the entire population with the sword, as God had told him to do. Now, you've got to understand that Amalek, uh, the people of Amalek, the Amalekites, had done something really heinous to Israel. And, and God had remembered it. It was, it, was, it was unnecessary. It was unmitigated. It was... Uh, It was absolutely, um, what do I want to say? It was absolutely uninstigated. Israel had done nothing to them, but they really did something that was evil. And so they had it out for Israel. They, They were committed, like some nations are today, they're committed, it's in their constitution, they were committed to the destruction and the demise of Israel. And so God tells Saul, you, I have chosen to deal with this because God knew if Amalek existed they would not settle they would not stop until they had destroyed his people so he said Saul I need you to deal with this and so (laughs) Saul through Samuel receives Samuel the prophet receives the instruction and Verse verse eight, he cut down the entire population with the sword as God had told him to do, except he captured King Agag of the Amalekites and kept him alive. So God said destroy everything and they kept the king alive. It was common, it was a common practice when you defeated another nation, another country. The Romans did it uh, just, Prolifically, actually, they always uh, would, would bring a, a conquered, a vanquished king in chains behind Caesar when he rode into, into Rome victoriously. And, and the kings, the defeated kings, were right there in chains. And so, this was the idea to bring King Agag so that Saul could have bragging rights. And the problem is that the Lord was watching. Have you noticed he's always watching? He sees everything. And so Saul and the army spared Agag, and they saved the best of the livestock, (laughs) the sheep, the oxen, the lambs, and the beasts of all the stocks. Now, God has said destroy everything. They kept what was valuable instead of destroying it. And they only destroyed those things they considered worthless. Have you ever, have you ever been tempted, maybe you didn't do it, but have you been tempted when God said, give something to someone, have you ever been tempted to give less? Or that God said, you know, give them a piece of clothing and and you look to see what you didn't want to wear anymore? Y'all are just (laughs) giggly. I must have touched a nerve. So, this is what we're dealing with, right? So, so God said, God said in other words, that this whole, this whole nation, if you understand in the Hebrew, the whole nation was to be devoted to God, holy to God, just like Jericho was when Joshua was leading the people. It was to be consecrated. It was to be devoted to God. No one was to touch anything from Jericho. Unfortunately, one guy, Achan, brought brought defeat and sin and demise, his whole family, the nation, they had to deal with that. But here, likewise, it's the same, same problem with Saul and the army. They kept what was valuable instead of destroying it, and they only destroyed those things they considered worthless. They considered worthless. Then Samuel heard the voice of the Eternal. The Lord said, I regret that I made Saul king over Israel because he has turned away from me and from executing my commands. I regret. You remember, right, that, that God's hand was forced. Let's be honest. God's hand was forced. Sometimes, unfortunately, we can force God's hand and into doing things he doesn't want to do, or at least into allowing things he doesn't want to allow. He never meant for you to go that way. He never meant for you to get beat up like that, but you insisted. And so because he's not a witch, because he's not a warlock, because he's not a demon, because he's not a devil, he respects yours and my right to choose. God will never manipulate. He will never coerce. Many times in church when I grew up, you know, people would do goofy and, and zany things in church and say, the Lord made me do it. Well, it was not the Lord. It was probably a bad pizza they had the night before, but it was something that was bothering their stomach that made them say, Eva, and it was the Lord. No, it wasn't the Lord. Okay? But, but what, what was going on is that, that they chose to do something or, or something was in them or something was on them that caused them to do something that was clearly not God, but they blamed God. They attributed it to God. And so, and so this is what we're dealing with here is, is, is this whole idea that we can do things that God does not want. But we can push and push and push and push and beg and beg and beg and beg and, beg and, complain, and complain and complain and complain and complain. And eventually, God will let you do it. And so the children of Israel forced God's hand. And they told Samuel, we want a king like the other nations. It broke Samuel, so he felt rejected. But God said, don't take this personally, they're rejecting me. And God allowed them to have a king, even though it was premature, and it was not the choice of God. And here we have Saul, and it was a disaster from day one. And it ends, ends in horrible infamy. But we're not there yet. But we are here in chapter 15, which is, which is the nail in the coffin for him. So, Samuel was distressed when he heard this and he cried out to the eternal one all night long. Verse 12, then he rose early in the morning to go and find Saul only to hear that Saul had gone on to Carmel where he had erected a monument to himself. Now the guy's just blatantly disobeyed God and he's going to erect a monument to himself. Something's always wrong when we're erecting a monument to ourselves. Something's always wrong when we're bragging something's always wrong when we're saying something about ourselves, about our stuff, or about our church, or, or about us, and, and, and God is like, will you please just shut up? I need you to just shut up. But something's inside of us that needs man's affirmation. I'm getting ahead of myself. Slow down, Chandler. Then he rose early in the morning to go and find Saul, only to hear that Saul had gone on a carmel where he had erected a monument to himself and returned to Gilgal. At last, Samuel caught up with Saul. When Saul saw him, he greeted him as if nothing was wrong. Saul said to Samuel, May you be blessed by the Eternal One. I have carried out his commands. What has he been smoking? I have carried out his commands. Then why do I hear, Samuel, then why do I hear the sounds of sheep and cattle, because God said destroy everything. Why do I hear the sounds of sheep and cattle? Saul said, they, don't you just love it, throw everybody under the bush, you know, kind of reminds you of Adam said, this woman you gave me, they did it. They brought the best of the Amalekites, sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the eternal one, your God. Yeah, right. But we destroyed all the rest, the rest you didn't want, as we were told. This This guy must be on something. Biblical scholars have a lot of theories about why he was so... Neurotic. I mean the guy there was something very wrong. Of course, we know earlier on that 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 God had to allow David to come into his life when he first when he first met him. Even before, even before that 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 wonderful, fateful day with Goliath. David was already in his service, and David was anointed already, and David would play his guitar, and the demons would leave. Saul, or at least they would abate for a while. And David would minister to him and, and things would kind of back off a bit. But, but he, was, he was demonized, he was oppressed. He was harassed by demons night and day. So Samuel said, that's enough. He cut him off in mid-sentence, that's enough, stop talking. Let me tell you what the Eternal told me last night. Saul said, go ahead, I'm listening. (laughs) I bet you are. (laughs) Samuel, don't you remember when you didn't amount to much in your own sight, but you were made the leader of the tribes of Israel? Wasn't it the Eternal One who anointed you king over them? The Eternal One sent you on a mission, commanding you, go and destroy the Amalekites, who are sinners. Fight them until they are completely destroyed then why didn't you obey the voice of the Eternal One? Why did you grab the spoils of battle, doing what the Eternal considers evil? Saul, defending himself, said, I did what the Eternal One instructed me. As he commanded, I, I went on the mission and I decimated all the, uh, uh, all the Amalekites and I have brought Agag, their king, and it was the people. What a pathetic leader. It was the people. He takes no responsibility for anything. It was the people who took the sheep and cattle from the spoil that would have been devoted to destruction. He knew it was to be devoted to destruction. He understood that. He just admitted it and brought them back to sacrifice to the eternal one. He's keeping with this lie. (laughs) Your true God in Gilgal. Samuel said, does the eternal one delight in sacrifices and burnt offerings as much as in perfect obedience to his voice? Let me read that again. Does the eternal one delight in sacrifices and burnt offerings as much in you obeying him? Be certain of this that obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants obedience more than any sacrifice you can offer or give or contemplate. To heed his voice is better than anything you can offer, even the fat of rams, which God commanded them to offer in worship. Rebellion is as much a sin as fortune-telling, and the willfulness is as wicked as worshiping strange gods. Something happens when you have a pandemic and you're Chandler and you're forced to be still for a year and a half. My wife is amazed at the person I am now, but I have been still, (laughs) I have been so still for 18 months and it has changed me forever. Something happens when you slow down. Because it's like God can speak to you then. God has spoken to me more deeply in my whole life about moi. He's gone in areas of my heart where I didn't know he could go. He's exposed things. He has been on me. Lord, have mercy. And I love it because the more he has his hands on me, the more I know he loves me. And i tell people all the time jesus loves me the most you know how i know i've got evidence praise the lord (laughs) he really loves me praise him he loves to have his hands on me i know i'm loved it's like lord sometimes would you stop loving me so much anyway so all right so but, but listen, listen, listen. He says rebellion is as much sin as fortune-telling and willfulness is as wicked as worshiping strange gods. Because you have rejected his commands, he has rejected you as king. Saul admits finally, I have sinned. It took all that for him to come clean. I disobeyed the voice of the eternal one and your instructions because I, finally he's honest, I was afraid of the people. I listened to their counsel instead of yours. But he's not done yet. So now please pardon my sin. Can we just get over this? And return with me so I can worship the eternal in front of the elders of Israel and verse 30 he's still not finished because you know Samuel really goes in f- f- with the scalpel in, in those other verses but we don't have time for that tonight Saul says I have sinned but please do me this honor in front of the elders of Israel and all the people now God has just come announced and pronounced the end of his kingship now he still served for the next 15-20 years uh, scholars tell us but God had already rejected him and already chosen David but he was still serving. Just because you still have a ministry doesn't mean God hasn't rejected you. Just because you're still pastoring doesn't mean God hasn't rejected you and is just waiting to replace you. Just because you're still flowing doesn't mean God's pleased with you. Just because you still have your position doesn't mean God is happy with you. Saul never lost a battle. Every battle he won except for the last day of his life. When God had spoken the day before through a dead Samuel, it's a long story, through a dead Samuel that Saul called up with a witch. He was desperate. He would do anything to save himself. Saul said, I have sinned, but please do me this honor in front of the elders of Israel and all the people. Come back with me so I may worship the eternal one, your true God. You can go worship by yourself, but he wanted Samuel's presence and affirmation and blessing. Nothing had changed. in the notes, I've, I've given you all these verses, and there's a reason, that, so you can go and study, and don't no, worry, it won't take as long to go through the rest of them, because uh, it's, just, it's quick reading, very quick reading. So this won't take long, because we have to get down to some business of prayer. Well, five points I wanna make about why obedience is so important to God, and, and, and how do we get to the blessings and the rewards of obedience. Number one, obedience to God's word means obedience to God. When you're obedient to God's word, you're obedient to God. God equates your obedience to his word, to his voice, to being obedient to him. They are one and the same. In fact, if you look at John 1 and 1, John 1 and 1, and I've given it to you from the expanded Bible, it says, John 1 and 1, in the beginning God, excuse me rather, in the beginning there was the word and the Word already existed, and the Word refers to Christ, God's revelation of Himself. The Word was with, in the presence, in intimate relationship with God, the Father, and the Word was fully God. So when God speaks to you, He's speaking of Himself. When God speaks to you, he is giving himself to you. When God has spoken to you, you just receive the most precious gift. You receive God himself into your life. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then John 1.14, John 1.14, the Word became a human flesh and lived, made his home, pitched his tabernacle. God's glorious presence dwelt in Israel's tabernacle in the wilderness among us. We saw his glory, majesty, and the glory that belongs to the only Son, one and only only begotten of who who came from the Father and he was full of grace and truth, God's gracious love and faithfulness. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. It was the Word. He was the Word. Jesus was the Word. The Word dwelt with us. The, Jesus, Jesus walked around and He was the living Word. He was God incarnate in flesh. He was the Word. He came to bring the Word. He came to be the Word. And so when you listen to Him, you're listening. When you listen to His Word, you're listening to Him. Now, Revelations 19 and 13 is also a powerful verse that speaks of him. It says, he is dressed, referring to Jesus when he returns, he is dressed in a robe, garment, dipped in blood, indicating judgment, and his name is the word of God. His name is the word of God. So when you handle God's word, you're handling the Lord. And how you handle his word is indicative of how you handle him. How you respect his word, how you respect his voice is very telling. When we listen to his voice, we're listening to him. When we listen to his word, when we value his word, when we esteem his word, when we obey his word, we're obeying God. When we hear his voice, We hear the Lord. So, point number two. Obedience to his word, his voice, means you love him. When you obey God, when you obey his voice, it means God hears your love. God sees your love. Now, John 14 and 15 Is a wonderful 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 verse John 14 15 and I have it somewhere oh yeah if you keep my commandments if you continue to obey my instructions you will abide in my love and live on in it just as I just as I have obeyed my father's commandments and live on in his love. Actually John 1415, which some reason is not whereas it is not on my not on my iPad. I'll read it from the screen. What's the screen say? It, ooh that's really small print. Who's that for? Is it better over here? Okay, blessed be the name. Okay, let's read it over here. Oh that's for me to read <laughs> I need X ray vision. I'm not a superhero. All right. Okay, read with me, please, because this is very important. Read with me. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I have obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. But that's not, now that, that's not the verse I want. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Not a problem. Not a problem. In Jesus' name, it's not a problem. Okay, let me do this. Let's go over here. Let me use Google. Okay. So I set this up so Google can help us, all right? But that's not helping us enough. Why am I missing the verse that says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments? Why, anyway, John 14, one of those verses. If you love me, is it 10 something? Anyway, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you lo- is that it? Blessed be the name, thank you, Jeffrey. I love you, Jeffrey. All right, so whomever. Okay, if you really, read it with me. If, if you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. One more time. If you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. One more time. If you really love me, you will keep, obey my commands. You know, the Lord's been speaking to me during the pandemic. He says, Chandler, if you love me, you'll obey me. All of it. Lord, I love you. (coughs) I love you. (coughs) I love you. The Lord says, Blah, 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 blah. Will you obey me? See, God doesn't do Hollywood love. Well, somebody loves you to get something from you. See, God loves you truly and purely, so he's never running a game on you. Others will run a game on you. And they're human. human. They don't know any better. They don't know any better. But when God makes a covenant, when God says, I love you, you will be loved and he will never leave you. Never, 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 never desert you. Never, never turn his back on you. He will never run away from you. In fact, when trouble comes, he comes closer. He is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He was made for the day of adversity. He comes a running when there is a problem in your life. And so when we give him this fickle love, it's all emotional, right? And you know, know, my my wife will tell you about the conversations we have about people getting married. I'm I'm so glad Elder Leon has the grace. Ooh, Elder Leon and Elder Valerie, yes, Elder Valerie, thank you for the grace. Ooh, the Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Because I just want to say it's all a farce. It's all a joke, it's all deception. My wife would tell you, I'm like, the whole shebang. Doing everything you can not to be rejected. Never being real, never being authentic, never being genuine. You just don't want to be rejected. So you will lie and you will pretend and act like you're somebody you ain't. Never have been. And that person marries you and come to find out you were never that person that you portrayed the entire time you were courting. It's hard to get amen in this church tonight, but it's all right. See, but so Jesus says, don't play that game with me. I know you love me, not because you sing I love you. I know you look at you and say, oh Lord, I love you. No, no, no. Will you obey me? Because if you, if you love me, you will obey me. Let's look at 1421. If, if the person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. The person, the person God's not fooled. God's not swayed. God's not, he is not deceived by her emotionalism. The one who really loves me, I will know it when they keep, when they obey what I tell them to do. And who really, and whoever really loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love him, and will show and reveal, manifest myself to him. Who is it's worth it to love him, it's worth it. I will let myself be clearly know, seen by him, and I will make myself real to him. Wow, that's major motivation, major motivation. So, then 1510, if you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it, just as I've obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. at 1514, You are my friends if you keep on doing the things which I command you. I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. No, no he doesn't, no he doesn't. You can't sing that into existence. You can sing it all you want in this building. What happens when you go out that door? I am a friend of God. A friend of God is a person who obeys him. I got one amen in the left corner here. it's, It's that kind of sermon. The one who is a friend of God is the person who so values God and his word, what God has spoken to you, what God has said to you, what the voice of the Lord declares to you, that you will do it. So help you God. You can sing, I'm a friend of God, but just make sure he agrees. I am a friend of God, am I? I am a friend of God. Am I? I am. I need a sign, Lord. All right. Behave, Chandler. And so, and so, Psalm, Psalm 119, verse 47, 48. For I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love, my hands also that I will lift up in fervent supplication to your commandments. I will lift up my hands even to your word, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes, 127. Therefore, I love your commandments. I love your commandments. I love more than resplendent gold, more than money, more than a raise, more than a woman, more than a man, more than I hate loneliness. I love your word. I love your commandments. Yes, more than perfectly refined gold. Some people will do anything to be blessed, even to violate scripture, and to break the commandments of God and to desecrate the word of God. Number three, obedience means you have no other gods. Now this one's really short, because we're going to return to this, but I've given you 1 Samuel 15, 22 in the expanded, but Samuel answered, what pleases the Lord more than burnt offerings and sacrifices or obedience to his voice, which is more important to God. Sacrifices, offerings, obedience to his voice. It is better to obey. Obedience is better than a sacrifice. God does not care about sacrifice. It is better to listen to God than to offer. So many people say, Lord, I'll die for you. He prefers that you live for him. That was a good time to say, You prefer that you live for him now why is there's this emphasis on no other gods because and this is where it gets deep okay and once we do this the rest of it is really fast okay but we gotta do this part in my study during the pandemic but I've loved Saul's life for so long because you know I kind of feel sorry for Saul I kind of think he gets a bad rap And I kind of wonder, God, why are you so harsh with him? Why why can't he get a break? Lord, because, I mean, look at David. My my wife says that in a few days, David, David violated five of the Ten Commandments. He covets another man's wife. He commits adultery with her. He has her husband murdered. And then covers it up, whatever else he did too. And, and, yet, and yet he's the man of the God's own heart. And I'm gonna talk about him tomorrow as a man of the God's own heart. But, but what, what, come on now, okay, all the dude did was not kill the king and they kept some of the cattle. What about David? David is a mess. Within well, three days, I mean, he, just, he just violates everything God stands for, and yet he's a man of the God's own heart. And I'm gonna tell you more about what that means tomorrow, but, but let us suffice for tonight that the reason, the reason David was still a man of the God's own heart was because every direct commandment that God gave him, and God gave him many direct commandments, individual commandments, David fulfilled and obeyed every single one. He was never rebellious. He was never insubordinate. He was never disobedient to what God directly said to him. Now, of course, the Bible had already said, don't covet another man's wife, (laughs) and he knew that because the king had to memorize the law. But everything that God, read David's life, everything God told him to do, David absolutely did it, with no blemish, but Saul never did obey God, never did. But I said, Lord, you are still giving him a bad rap. I mean, come on, many biblical scholars believe that his father, who was a major leader in the tribe of Benjamin, um, very influential leader, some say he was a general, but that he was overbearing and he was a hard father and, and that Saul had father issues and, and just never recovered from that, and he was just broken. And, and you know, if you're broken, you know, it's, hard to, it's hard to obey, it's, it's hard to get it together. And, 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 and so you know, even, even when they made him king, even when they made him king, in, in, ch- in chapter 10, the first Samuel, uh, you know, Samuel was there to anoint him in front of everybody. And, and they looked for him. Now, Saul was a head taller than everybody else. He couldn't hide, right? And, and they looked for Saul, they couldn't find Saul. And so, and so Samuel asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord said, he's hiding, he's hiding behind the baggage. This guy who, who was super tall is bent down hiding behind the luggage. And they found him there. This is gonna be the king. And he's afraid of being presented To the nation is a bad omen. It's a bad sign. But the guy is so insecure, and, and, and he admits even in 1 Samuel 13, we don't have time for 1 Samuel 13, but in 1 Samuel 13, he disobeys God, and that's that's the beginning of the end. Is, is, that's, when, that's when it goes downhill, and God says then, you know, I'm finished with you. You're going to be the last one. I, you know, I was going to build a dynasty through you like he did with David, but you blew it, because you know Samuel told him, meet me at Gilgal, wait for me there, I'm coming a particular day. And Saul couldn't wait, because there was so much mayhem around here, he so fearful he was living in so much anxiety that he disobeyed God he offered a sacrifice he he usurped the priest's position he offered a sacrifice because you know he was king but you need to understand that that God is running a theocracy not a democracy Somebody told God he was king and he believed it. And when he speaks to us, he expects us to obey him because he is running this show. He is the Lord and there is no other. Now's a good time for you to say amen. Come on now, now's a good time. Say amen, you know, I understand I'm not saying amen to the obedience stuff, but can't you say amen That God is the Lord? It's safe. <laughs> there's no commitment <laughs> God is the Lord yeah. he rules heaven and earth yeah. his kingdom reigns forever yeah. finally but but Saul had such approval addiction I understand my personality by na- nature loves people to like me I you know I'm a, I'm a high eye, if you know the disc system I'm, a, I'm an otter Pastor Leon and I love to have fun we want, want to like us love. don't we don't we Pastor Leon? don't we just love people to love us don't we don't we love don't we love it uh, Valerie isn't that true of him Thank you, Valerie, because he's acting like he doesn't know who he is. All right, so we're the same. That's why we get along so well. We, we hate rejection in the natural. We, we want, want y'all to be pleased with us. But everybody's personality will get you in trouble with God. And so, and so Saul clearly is like me <laughs> and he wants people to like him and he wants approval but Lord have mercy but hear me but if you need people you can't lead people if you need people you can't lead people let me say one more time for the Holy Ghost if you need people you can't lead people if you need people you cannot and you will not leave them. Because you fear rejection. You fear disapproval. You fear not being liked. You don't want them to get mad at you. That's why some of you, praise the Lord. I'm not gonna talk, keep moving Chandler, yes Lord. All right, so so there's, there's two things right here, two things that are the clincher. There's two words here that are the key words in verses 22 and 23. One is rebellion, the other is disobedience. One is rebellion, the other is disobedience. Rebellion means, please hear, in the Hebrew, rebellion means, it refers to sins of witchcraft, divination, sorcery. Black magic, evil magic, soothsaying, fortune telling, idolatry. So, when God says, Saul, you're rebellious, you've rebelled against me, that is tantamount to God, to witchcraft, divination. So, some of y'all have never even played a Ouija board. But when you rebel against God, when you disobey Him, you may as well play Ouija. That's the way it hits Him. That's the way He takes it. And we're going to understand why. We're going to understand why. Okay, so stay with me. And then, and then disobedience in the Hebrew means false religion, idolatry, stubbornness. Stubbornness, iniquity, idolatry, defiance, rejection of God, wickedness, pride, refusal, self will, arrogance, presumption, insubordination, transgression, criminal, it's reprehensible to God, it's heathenish to God, it's like you're worshiping household good luck. Images. I've given you something right here. Let's read this because I'm finishing. First Samuel 15 22 23 on the message. It's in your notes. The message. Then Samuel said, Do you think all God wants are sacrifices? Empty rituals just for show? He wants you to listen to Him. Plain listening is the thing. Not staging a lavish religious production. Not doing what God tells you is far worse than fooling around in the occult. Getting self-important around God. Next page, backside. Getting self-important with God is far worse than making deals with your dead ancestors. Because you said no to God's command, he says no to your kingship. In the Wycliffe Bible and Samuel said whether the Lord whether the Lord will burn sacrifices either slain sacrifices and not more rather that men obey to the voice of the Lord and Samuel said desireth the Lord burn sacrifices and slain sacrifices or rather that people obey his voice. For so with obedience to him is better than sacrifices. And to take heed to his word is more than to offer the inner fatness of rams. For it is as the sin of malmetry to fight against God's behest. It as the wickedness of idolatry to not assent to God's behest. Therefore, for that thou castest away the word of the Lord, the Lord castest thee away, that thou be not king. For it is like the sin of idolatry to fight against God's command. And it is like the wickedness of idolatry to not assent to God's command. And so because you has thrown away the word of the Lord, the Lord hath thrown thee away so that thou not be king. And finally, during this pandemic, I got it. I got it. I got it. See, I've been making excuses for Saul and myself. <laughs> I said, come on, God, you've been heavy-handed. It's not fair. Look what David did. It's not fair. Come on, God. You know, come and give the man a break. He's just, he's just human. We're just human after all. Come on. Now. We're made with dust. We're Adam's children. Look at what the original two did. But what God is saying is that it's not just that somebody hurt you, somebody wasn't there as a parent, somebody wasn't there to nurture you, somebody wasn't there to take care of you like they should have, somebody wasn't there to protect you. No, no, what's deeper, what's deeper, what's deeper in us is that we are defiant. The truth is we don't want nobody telling us what to do. (laughs) And we come to church, and we love the Lord, but we don't want nobody telling us what to do, including God. And that's when there is a conflict, and this inner turmoil, this cognitive dissonance, when God wants something, and we don't want it. When God says what we don't want to do. When God says no to that person, and we want that person. When God says, leave that alone, and we want it. When God says forgive, and we want revenge. And so there is this this struggling, there's this wrestling, there there is this match that takes place. Why? Because something in us is rebellious. Let's just be honest. You know, Saul couldn't have said, come on, God. You know, I have approval addiction. I have a need for approval. Joyce Meyer wrote a book about it have mercy on me God Lord, no no the issue is the issue is we don't want to obey we don't want anybody telling us what to do let somebody tell you what to do let somebody come up and, and, and give you correction let somebody come up and give you input let somebody come up and give you feedback You'd be ready to kill them. The sinister thoughts in your mind, the Lord knows and the Lord sees. What is that? It's insubordination. It's defiance. It's rebellion. And it's time to stop blaming our parents. Me too. (laughs) It's time to stop blaming our grandparents. Me too. It's time to stop blaming our ancestors. It's time to stop blaming that former pastor. It's time to stop. And accept the fact that in me, I'm rebellious. I'm defiant. I'm insubordinate. I want what I want. I'm arrogant. Because until you deal with this, until you face this, you set yourself up to get bushwhacked by the enemy. Saul wouldn't deal with it, he never was able to deal well, I just, I just haven't an no, I'm afraid. I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid. No, no, I, you know, I'm not talking about severe anxiety. It's not what I'm talking about, Captain. Okay? I'm not talking about clinically diagnosed you know, anxiety and disorders. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going there, okay? But, but anything less than that. It can be an excuse to disobey. God says, go do something. I'm afraid. Excuse me. God told you to do something. I'm afraid. <laughs> you're rebellious, you're defiant. Something in you wants it your way. And so God needs and wants to deal with that. Even though, I, let me just finish right here. I've given you some verses which you can read later. Uh, number four, You know this is very, very important, read it later. Uh, Obedience means your self-assessment agrees with God's opinion of you, agree, it means you agree with God. Uh, Write this down on your notes. Your self-talk is the most important talk. Your self-talk is your most important talk. As a man thinketh, as a woman thinketh, so are you. As you think internally, your self-talk, and then out of the abundance of that heart that you're thinking from, as a man thinketh, as a woman thinketh in their heart, and that out of that heart, out of that heart, you're saying stuff. And so i give you several versions here where, 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 where Samuel says to Saul, you don't think very much of yourself. And, and, you, and you may think that's humility. No, it's not humility when God is telling you You're my child, you're a a son, you're a daughter of God. You're mighty in the Lord. I'm in you, I'm for you. You keep saying, well, I'm nothing. And I'm, you know, you you are not agreeing with God. And you're being rebellious and defiant and insolent. God's version, God's view of you, God's perception is the truth. Anything else is a lie, it's a lie. It's a lie. It's so how when God tells you to do something, you come over the blood, you, know, you know, I don't know if I can do it. He did ask you if you can do it. The psalmist says, just open your mouth, he will feel it. He told the disciples, when you get in front of them, don't even prepare what you're going to say. I'm going to speak through you. I'll give you, the Holy Spirit will give you on the spot what to say. We are just rebellious, we are defiant, we are insolent. We are insubordinate. Well, I'm shy. You are rebellious. I told you we we're going deep. I warned you. God has said mighty things about you. When are you going to say that? Stop saying what you've been saying and say what God says. Police your mouth. Police your mouth and stop saying negative things about yourself. And only say what God has said about you. Why? Because life and death are in the power of the tongue. When you say negative things about yourself, you receive negativity. When you say what God has said about you, you receive the harvest of God. You receive the blessings that help the strength of God. Saul was wallowing in, in low self-esteem and, and, and self-pity and, and poor self-image. And many things have come against all of us, many things. I can keep your own night telling you what's come against me, but that's no excuse for me to disobey God. No matter what somebody's done to me in my life, it's no excuse to rebel against God. When he tells me to do something, whether I think I can do it or not, it doesn't matter. If he said I can do it, I better do it. I better obey the Lord. When God gives you vision, run after it. When God shows you your future. Run after it. It may be completely the remote, oh my God, so remote from what you've lived, so, oh Lord, diametrically opposed to what you've lived, but your past is not a blueprint for your future. God's Word is the blueprint for your future. God's Word, God's voice over your life is a blueprint for your future. And if you don't obey him, you just know that you are defiant and you are rebellious and you are insubordinate. I don't care what they did to you like they did to me. He that is in you is greater. There's resurrection life in you. There's resurrection power in you. There's resurrection glory in you and you can overcome anything and you will in the name of the Lord. Number five, reverse. I'll tell you more about this. Number five, we'll have number five tomorrow. The blessings and the rewards. We're gonna deal with that tomorrow. So this is, this is the deal. See, during this pandemic, I had to face Chandler and it was not very pretty, and yet I had nowhere to run. For those three weeks, I was on my back with COVID. I couldn't even, I couldn't run. <laughs> I couldn't move. He had, he had a captive audience. <laughs> All I could do was listen to him. And it was like, okay, let me talk to you. Because you know, sometimes he has to make us lie down. I, I, that's scripture. The good shepherd will make you lie down when necessary. And so for, you know, for 180 well, for 18 months, I couldn't travel anywhere. I, you know, I'm used to traveling 130,000 miles. I'm used to doing international stuff. It's like, but it, but I, I didn't miss any of it. I didn't miss any of it. It was so precious to be in the arms of Jesus and him going deep in me. He dealt with so much. He went back, he went back so far in my life and he confronted so many things. He went back so far. Lord have mercy. And he addressed all kinds of fears and anxieties and all kinds of disobedience, excuses for disobedience. And I am not in any way minimizing what you've been through. What you've experienced was real. And for some of you, it was heinous, torturous. You were violated unimaginably. You were abandoned and left alone. But all I'm saying is, your God is greater than all of that. And you're not finished. And and, and you're not going down. And you're not defeated. You're not defeated. You're a winner. You're an overcomer. And there's nothing you and God can't beat. And no weapon formed against you Is going to prosper. So the Lord wants to minister to you tonight. Now, let me explain to you I am not going to prophesy to you tonight. Can I tell you why? Because I can't prophesy to disobedience. I can't prophesy out of rebellion. You have to confront you tonight. Because you and the Lord are going to live with this tonight. Why? Because his word will not return void. It will accomplish what he sent it to do. Oh yeah, I have full confidence. You're gonna be great. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be great. I know it. I know this is a heavy word, and I was always like, I, I get it. I get it. You should have been me for 18 months, getting it every day. <laughs> you should be in my private prayer chamber. The Lord doing this to me all day long. Lord, you got, you got to glue my air back on, Lord. I was telling the Lord, Lord, it's time, this is the last month, Lord, it's time for us, it's time for us to really plan for the future. You've been speaking to us about destiny, you know, what's the next step is, and you know, and God, you you said great things gonna happen out of this pandemic, and we're ready. And so I said, well, Lord, let's talk about it. And the Lord said, I don't wanna talk about that. I wanna talk about you loving your wife. I'm like, Lord, haven't we dealt with that? We dealt with that, Lord. You already whipped my butt about that for years. Come on, you you confronted me for years about that, Lord. Haven't I learned anything? The Lord said, I don't want to talk to you about loving China. But Lord, we need to talk about about what you've been speaking about destiny. No, we don't. I, I speak about destiny. That's my job. Your job is to love China. What do you do? I've learned to give up, Elder Leon, I just give up now. I say, yes, Lord, because you don't hear My arms are too short to box with God. I'm 65 now, I don't have time to argue with God. Muy stupido. Muy, 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 muy stupido. You can't win. You won't win. (laughs) No, God. All right. Okay. We'll be here to pick up the pieces. Hallelujah. That's why you have pastors. Hallelujah. (laughs) Listen. Tonight, let's deal with this. Let's, Let's confront this. So tonight, we're not prophesying. I'm not pro- Nobody's prophesying to you tonight. What we are going to do is, is pray for you. All right? And so uh, we have to do this in an orderly way. We have to do this in a way where we, we respect and honor uh, and obey the, the laws of the land. So we, we're going to still practice social distancing. And uh, we're not going to speak directly into your face. We're going to maybe speak around the back of your head because we want to honor you we want to protect you is that all right it's okay if we keep you safe is that okay is that cool keep you safe you want to live and not die right hallelujah right amen amen okay so you know, we, we just want to make sure we honor you but but we, we can do good quality ministry is not a problem and and but you know for those that want ministry tonight uh, regarding this because because maybe you need to talk through with somebody in prayer but your defiance, because we, we you know, we need to find out why you're defiant. We need to find out why you're defiant. And and, and God needs to speak to your heart to release you from that defiance. Because you see, it, 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 it's not it's not that he hasn't already dealt with defiance. Don't get me don't get me wrong. It's just he's going deeper tonight, that's all. And why does God go deeper? Cause he's setting you up for promotion. When, when he's about to promote you, he goes in deep. Sometimes I thought he was killing me. Sometimes I thought he was choking me to death. I really did. I thought physically, he, I couldn't breathe physically. It's like, Lord, are you trying to kill me? I thought, you, I thought you had purpose for me. He said, oh, no, 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 no. You're going to live. When I say you you are, (laughs) because he was coming after something in me. There was something in my character, something in my behavior, something in my attitude that that I could not take into the next level. I got away with it at this level, but he said, you can't do that where you're going. And so we got to deal with this now. And I need to know you're on my side and not your side. I need to know you're on my side and not your side. So we, we assume we're on his side. Joshua himself had to deal with the, with the, the servant of God, the, 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 the representative of God who met him right before Jericho. They were alone. He said, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Just like Moses and, he, and, 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 and Joshua asked him, he said, Are you on our side or are you against us? And, 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 and the servant of God said, is, is Emma, you on your side. That's not the question. Are you on God's side? The issue is not is God on your side, is he got your back? Do you have his? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. You missed an opportunity to say amen. The issue for us is do we have his back? I am a friend of God. We'll see. We'll see. Can you be a friend of God? Can you be a friend of God in a tough marriage? Can you be a friend of God in a tough job? Can you be a friend of God in a tough family? Can you be a friend of God in a difficult relationship even though you know the Lord sent this person to your life, but it is so hard to be with them? Will you be a friend of God in a a tough ministry, in a tough position? Or are you just looking out for yourself How many of you believe that uh, you need to receive ministry tonight in this area? Stand up right now. I'm not gonna call you anywhere, just stand up right now. Okay, all right, 10 of you, all right, good, okay. I just love the way the rest of you just not defy it at all. Praise the Lord. I just love Jesus. It's just wonderful. It's perfectly obedient to the Lord. Sometimes there is something deep going on, but the Lord is here to release you. Why? Because God wants you to obey him. That's what he wants the most. (laughs) He wants you to obey him. There's nothing he wants more. Because when you obey him, you're saying, God, I love you. I love you. I love you. And it's more than a song it's more than a song it's more than a song hallelujah all right so we have a plan and by God's grace it will work pray for us we're experimenting now we're not experimenting with social distancing but we're experimenting with this plan okay so Bishop is going to come now and and give some instruction as only Bishop can and so Sir, and then afterwards I'm gonna pray and then we're going to pray, okay? I'm gonna pray and we're gonna pray, hallelujah. Hey family, thank you so much for joining us for today's service. Special thanks to those of you who continue to generously support the work of this ministry. We are so grateful for you and it's because of you that we can be a blessing to this community. If you enjoyed the service today, please like, share with your friends and family, and subscribe to our channel so that you can get a notification whenever our services go live. We also invite you to follow us on social media at PT Cambridge in order to stay connected to this ministry. Hey, we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for watching and God bless you.